0: Hello, frenzies, and welcome to episode 38 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. In this episode, I'm going to dish all about my teaching assignment for next year and why I really don't care about it at all. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be a great episode. You are going to love it. You're going to want to stick around. All right, here we go. Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks we will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, a coffee drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. Hello Frenzies, before we begin this episode, I just wanted to thank you for hanging out with me today and I would love to see who's out there listening. So if you could take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to or any thoughts you've had about the podcast, post it on your Instagram, tag me, I am the underscore whimsical underscore teacher. (laughs) I like really short names, (laughs) just kidding. That was a creepy laugh. (laughs) Let's never do that again. Anyways, if you could tag me on your Instagram, I'll repost it. And I just like to see who's out there, who's listening. Is anyone listening? I don't know. Okay, let's start the show. Hello, frenzies, and welcome back to episode 38 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. I am your host, Jessica Martin. (laughs) I'm looking. I'm giving my husband a very dirty look because I told him I was going to be podcasting and he needs to shut his trap. And then he started eating his breakfast super loud and smacking and I can hear it from across the room. <laughs> so now he's being overly dramatic <laughs> and staring at me and eating his pancakes slower than molasses. Stop looking at me. I don't like it. Oh boy, that's the married life for all you single girls looking forward to it. (laughs) Okay, that was obnoxious. I'm going to start over. Okay, Whimsical Hubby convinced me to keep that little snippet in the episode. So fine, he'll get his way only because it's our anniversary weekend. And yeah, I'll (laughs) I'll let him keep his little moment of irritation in my show. Anyway, okay, let's talk about my teaching assignment next year and why I don't really care about it. I want to share with you, like when I say I don't care about it doesn't mean I don't care about my job or I don't care about the kids or I don't care about, you know, I, I just don't really care about what I'm teaching Um, like the subject that I'm teaching or the grade level I'm teaching. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. And I'm going to, I just hope like giving you these reasons, I don't want to sound like I'm coming off as braggy, but I want to open your eyes to the world that's outside of your school walls. Because a lot of times we're getting depressed and we're getting upset because of things we cannot control inside of school. And so here are three reasons why I just don't really get upset over much of anything that happens at my school and maybe it's a bad perspective to have. I don't know. I'm just giving it to you because I feel like I've become a much happier teacher since doing these three things. First of all, I think one one reason that I'm not really all upset about my teaching assignment for next year is because this is my 10th year in education and I feel like every year that you're a teacher it kind of like it's like you're building this experience snowman, right? And I haven't been a teacher for 10 years. I actually was a substitute teacher for three years and then I was a teacher's aide for a year. So before I even had like my own classroom, I had four years of sort of like working in schools. I subbed in over 60 schools and I subbed K 12. So I kind of know like I can walk into any classroom and sort of scan it and know the grade level and some of the problems that might occur in that grade level because of my substitute experience. So that's one reason, like, I just don't really get really upset over, oh, you know what, you're going to be teaching this now or that now. I'm just like, all right, bring it on. I can do this. (laughs) And I want to tell you that in case you're a newer teacher and you're just like, gosh, it's so hard. I mean, really, it's like every year, you just, you face certain challenges, you overcome them, and then you grow confidence. So just keep that in mind. And maybe you're a 25-year teacher listening to this right now, like, no, I don't feel that way at all. I mean, I bet you could look back at each one of your years as a teacher and, and pull out things that you learned from those years. Or I bet in your memories, you have some stuff that has made you a much stronger educator and person. So anyway, that that's my first reason why is just I think my experience has kind of snowballed to the point and I didn't feel like this a few years ago. A few years ago, I was real like nervous about what I was going to teach and who the kids were going to be and I just feel like I've kind of gotten to this point now, you know, heading into my 10th year well i started substituting in in 2009 so um but just kind of rolling into this 10th year i just have a newfound confidence and i don't know i don't know what it is i don't think 10 is necessarily a magic number but i don't know maybe it is a lot of my friends have 10 years of experience i seem to i seem to draw a lot of those people to me <laughs> well that's just kind of being creepy now okay my second reason why i'm just kind of like i feel like i'm writing a five paragraph essay right now my second reason why <laughs> My second reason why I don't care about my teaching assignment next year. Um, I have, I've built a lot of exciting things for myself outside of teaching. So outside of the walls of my school, I have built kind of this life for myself that still has to do with education, still has to do with teaching, but it doesn't have to do with my district, my job, or my school. And I just want you to consider that if you've been struggling or you've been having a hard time, have you stepped outside your school walls to find something else in education that excites you? I started with Twitter chats and Facebook groups, no matter what grade you teach or what subject you teach, there is a Twitter chat or Facebook group out there for you. And you just kind of slowly try them out, right? Like a lot of people are scared of Twitter chats. I'm not sure why they give you, you know, some organization or person gives you six questions You answer them, you finish out your answer with a hashtag, and people start talking to you. I mean, it's they're actually really fun. They go by really fast, and that's how I started getting really excited about the world of education outside of my school, because I started doing Twitter chats, and yeah, they were a little confusing at first, but then I was like, wow, this is a lot of fun, and you leave with so many cool ideas, um, because people search your hashtag, and they find you, and they start talking to you, then you learn how to search the hashtag, and you can start talking to other people about all different kinds of subjects. I remember one of my first ones was about fifth grade books, right? And they're just having a chit chat about fifth grade books, uh, five or six different questions about it. Like one of the questions was um, how do you get kids excited about reading? And then just reading you know, 25 or 30 other educators perspective on how they get kids excited about reading. I walked away with so many ideas in less than an hour. So it's just something to keep in mind. And Facebook groups, I love it. You can come in with a problem, people will help you, or you can help other people. And it kind of builds your confidence a little bit and makes you feel good about yourself helping other educators. So now, now you know, those things sort of evolved into doing, you know, a teacher's space teacher store, a blog, guest blogging, this podcast, social media, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And then I started going to conferences. And now I'm presenting at conferences. And so all of these things kind of like snowballed into creating this really cool life in education, but outside of my school. And so I hope that kind of makes sense. Like that's why things that happen inside of my school. Now that I'm more globally connected to other teachers, they just don't bother me as much. I don't know what it is, but I mean, I highly recommend you kind of, you know, look, look outside yourself. And I think before I started getting involved myself, I was just Googling problems and I would come across teacher blogs and that's probably really how I got into it. And I'm sure you've Googled up problems too. Like, help me, help me. I'm having a problem. And you stumble upon a teacher blog and maybe you start following that person on social media. Well, but there's a lot more that you can do. So I want you to just keep that in mind is there's there's stuff that you can get involved with that's going to make you feel real good about your profession and make you kind of care less about, and like I said, not the teaching part, not the kids, but care less about the drama because I think that's pretty important. All right. And then the last reason that I'm just not really, I still feel like I'm in a five paragraph essay. I do apologize, guys. <laughs> but my final reason is that better than saying my last reason? <laughs> um, I have a lot of cool long term goals and I made myself a 15 or 16 month plan. Of things that I wanted to do in my personal life to just kind of move me forward because I've been very stagnant the last seven or eight years. I've been living in the same place, doing kind of the same thing, even though I've been growing professionally, like at an exponential rate. Like I've just been like, boo, like the last four or five years, I have exploded in my professional growth and learning. But for other things, like I I want, I do want to keep my life moving in a certain direction. And so I wrote down all the reasons it wasn't moving in that direction. And I ended up making myself a 15 month plan and a checklist of things to do. Like, okay, if you want to do this, you know, you need to pick a date that you're going to do it right so like for us we we want to move to a bigger city so i picked a bigger city and i picked a date that we want to move to the bigger city and then okay what is in our way of moving to this larger place And then I made a checklist. Like these are 20 things that are preventing us right now from moving. So we're just kind of going down the checklist. And, you know, will I get it all done in 15 months? I'm not sure. I think I think I'm actually down to probably 13 months now. But I mean, it's better to get things off your list than not do them at all. Right. And if you never make a list and you never have a goal, you're not going to be motivated to work towards them. So Okay, let's. Um, I'm going to tell you my teaching assignment next, and then I'm going to tell you three worries that I have. I guess this will be my 313 episode. Three reasons I don't care. My teaching assignment, three worries I have. 313. <laughs> I think that's actually a workout program now. Okay, let's move on. Drum roll, please. I don't know how that's going to sound on the microphone. It might sound like total garbage. If it does, I apologize. Okay, so I found out that next year I'm going to teach four sections of seventh grade Nevada history, seventh grade social studies, and one section of U.S. history eighth grade social studies. So I'm pretty excited because I've already taught those classes. I taught them my first year there. And the seventh graders um, are going to be a great group of kids. They're sixth graders now. And I'm actually going to have them all for our end of the year PBL because I am one of the sixth grade end of the year PBL teachers. And I thought I'd just explain that to you a little bit um, and how that sort of soothes some of my anxiety. (laughs) So at our junior high We kind of, and I know some people call it middle school, in my town, they call it a junior high, but it's a 6th, 7th, and 8th grade school, right? And in May, we noticed that the kids were just being really unruly, disrespectful, off-task, messy. Um, not very focused. I mean, junior high maze are not the greatest places to have to be stuck in, right? So we were trying to brainstorm, what could we do to make these kids excited about learning and focusing on academics again? And this was the year that we had training from the Buck Institute on how to become a project-based learning school. We only did that for a year. Um, so anyway, but we decided to keep that part. Like we like project-based learning. It really works well in one-to-one schools. We're one-to-one Chromebook schools, meaning that every single student has their own Chromebook right now. So anyways, what we decided to do is the first week of May, we call all the kids to the gym and we tell them that all the classes have been canceled. (laughs) that they're basically done with their school year, but they're going to start a new mini school year at the end of the year. They're going to do a new mini project. They're going to have all new teachers and a new schedule, And we tell them, okay, your eighth grade teachers are going to be, and then all the eighth grade teachers for this project stand in a corner. All the eighth graders go follow those teachers back to their rooms. The seventh graders go follow the new seventh grade teachers. And then the sixth graders follow the new sixth grade teachers. And, and some of them are, you know, some of the teachers on my team have taught sixth grade all year and some of them haven't taught it at all. So, I mean, they just kind of get a mix of new teachers And it sort of changes their, like having this, having this new thing happen in May, it just like kind of flips their world upside down and they're trying to figure out what to do, right? They're like, oh my goodness, this is kind of exciting because I have all new classes and new teachers and new rules and expectations. I mean, they, they actually really like it and it's gone off so well that we're able to teach until the very last day of school. Like, well, the very last day of school is kind of a fun day, But we are teaching academic content till the second to last day of school. And I guess at my school, that's never really happened. Now, ever since I've been there, we've been doing the PBLs. Like The first year I started teaching at this school is the first year they did PBLs. So I don't know what it was like before, but I can kind of see the level of disrespect and the messiness and some of the behavior problems. I see them after spring break. I see them start to kind of grow. So, anyways, I can only imagine what it would be like the next month without a special project like this to keep everyone on their best behavior and entertained and engaged, right? So, anyways, um, so I'm excited because... I'm going to be teaching mostly seventh graders next year, and then I'm going to get to meet all of them this next week because I am the sixth grade PBL teacher. So they're all going to come through my classroom. They're going to learn my rules, my expectations, my personality. I'm going to learn their names, their challenges, a little bit more about them. I'm going to have a whole month to sort of bond with them before I become their official teacher next year. So I'm going to get to grade them and check out their work and, you know, see them them um, doing uh, presentations and take them on a field trip. And so I'm going to get to know them really well uh, before next year. So I'm pretty, I'm happy with the assignment. I love social studies. I kind of got to choose if I want to teach social studies or science. And I've been rocking it with my eighth grade science class, but I know the least about science. Like science has always been my weakest subject in school. And I mean i'm I'm awesome at math. I was a finance major. I love writing, I love reading, you know, I, I love uh, social studies. I can I, I just I love pretty much every subject except science. <laughs> So having to take over an eighth grade science class this year was a huge challenge for me. And I was actually, I I had to consult with my bestie who has a PhD in astrophysics. (laughs) I could barely even, I can barely even say it. Okay. That's how bad I am. But I had to consult with her because it was physical science over a lot of these physics concepts and like, what should I do for this? And what should I do for that? And then I pretty much just had the kids when there was only a few weeks left. I was like, okay, what do you guys want? To do so, um, I, I'm just not the best with science, even though I came up with a lot of cool things. Um, it's a lot of stress teaching science, I think, because there's a lot of prep work involved in the experiments. And I, I do believe science should be very hands on, right? Whereas some of the other subjects, like not so hands on as science needs to be. And I, I believe every subject should be hands on, but science is sort of the hands on absolute, like. You got to have hands on stuff if you're going to understand these concepts. And that sort of stresses me out. Like, oh boy, I'm just not, I just don't really have the time to teach myself new content and come up with the hands on stuff. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'd rather teach social studies because I already did it before. And I think I'm a little more passionate about it, a little more well versed in it. And I think, like, when you get a teacher that is really passionate about the content area, like, you can have a, I mean, a good teacher can teach you anything, right? Like they can teach, they can make anything exciting. They can make anything hands on. But if you get a teacher that's really, you know, really studied the content material. And I mean, like I know one of the best social studies teachers I know is too cool for middle school. She has a master's degree in history. And so she just knows so much about it. And I think when you get a teacher with that kind of content level behind you, that it's it makes their class a little more exciting and a little more fun because they're able to enrich the content that's already there. And I just wouldn't be able to do that in science because I still struggle with some of the concepts myself. So I don't know. I I kind of toggled back and forth. Like it would be really cool to start over, start something new. There are some parts of science I really like, like the grading I feel like is a bit easier because it's like, well, you either did the lab work or you didn't, right? <laughs> you either did this experiment and you wrote down your results and a conclusion or you didn't do it. But all the other, like the prep work and everything, it's a, it is a bit much and my own content knowledge of it is, is lacking. So I just felt more confident is saying that I'd rather have social studies. It could totally change. I mean, we hired a, We hired a person who's supposed to be teaching science from out of state. And a lot of times when we hire people from out of state, it's really hard to get uh, qualified candidates here. But a lot of times they their plans fall through over the summer. So I could find out, like, guess what? You're actually going to be teaching science or we're switching all of your classes around. But for now, from what I understand, four four classes of of uh seventh graders, one class of eighth graders, the eighth graders are bringing a whole set of challenges. I worked with them last year as sixth graders, and they are a challenging bunch. It just kind of depends who's gonna be there, but at least I've already met them I've already worked with them all, so we'll see how it goes and i i love u s history and I love um what, what we can do with it, um, in, in the classroom right now. Um, so some things I'm nervous about, let's talk about a few things that I'm nervous about, and then I'm going to end the show. And if you have any advice or suggestions or tips, (laughs) please let me know. Okay. Okay. I promised you my three worries. I probably already blabbed about 10 of them to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm kind of off track with this episode, but it's okay. So first worry, obviously, this is my biggest one is I've been a tech coach the last two years. I've been pretty much fixing all of the computer problems at my school, doing a lot of tech training, going to a lot of meetings, um, helping teachers with whatever they need. Um, I create a lot of digital content, a lot of digital lessons. Um, I pretty much just Fix, fix the things that go wrong. And it's been amazing. I've been like the tech support at my school, right? <laughs> so how am I going to handle the work-life balance routine of being a teacher again? My biggest hang-up has always been grading papers. And I try to grade in class as much as I can. But sometimes it's impossible. You can't grade every single thing in class. Sometimes it's just too hard. So I'm... I'm struggling with that. Like, I'm I'm throwing around a lot of ideas in my head about what what, what I'm gonna do. <laughs> how am I how am I gonna handle this change from having uh, a lot of my personal time is my free time, and to go from that to planning lessons again. I mean, honestly, I'm not that excited about it. I I, I am excited. And I'm not excited because as a teacher, your day goes by pretty fast. Um, You have a lot of challenges, but it doesn't, you know, if you keep them moving, you keep them busy, it doesn't really drag and my days have been pretty slow the last 2 years because I'm kind of making my own schedule, my own routine. And so some days have been pretty slow, but I've also been able to work on some pretty amaz- amazing projects on those slow days. So I'm just kind of wondering like how am I going to deal with being a teacher again? The bathroom breaks, you know, they're going to be no longer. Right now I just go to the bathroom whenever I want. And I know this this is such a silly thing. I think To people, for people to hear that they when they aren't teachers they're just like what you know you're worried about bathroom breaks it's just really weird but it's actually like a really big part of our lives and I I wish that every teacher had an aid or something so that they could go to the bathroom whenever they want because it's it's a huge part of our day sort of being stuck in this room and really you know being in control of, you know, 30 up to 30 people sometimes. And then if you got to go to the bathroom, it's sort of a big deal. (laughs) So anyway, um, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about going backwards. And that kind of rolls into my next worry is on my resume. Like I've never really gone into an old position on my resume before. Like I just keep on I keep on progressing in my career. So a big part of this, it really, really bugs me that on my resume, it's, it kind of looks like a backward step, even though like my pay did not increase becoming a tech coach. It was just a special assignment as a teacher. So I don't know. Like I'm having some emotional problems dealing with this idea that I was sort of, um, promoted, even though it wasn't, even though it wasn't, a real promotion, like, it wasn't like a pro, it wasn't like a career promotion in a way that I got a pay raise, but it felt like it felt like I was starting a whole new career, becoming a tech coach, and now going back to the classroom. I'm having some self-esteem problems. I'm not very happy about it. I was hoping that I'd find a way to move on from from this school by now, but I do have this long-term plan of buying a house, buying a second house. And I just, I looked at all of my options and like starting over Um, in a new career or something right now is not a good option for buying a second house like I have to take the responsible road and stay with this job until I get this second house bought because we do want to move and it's really hard buying a second house like you have to have excellent credit you have to have a lot of money down and you have to have good job longevity, right? Like it's not the easiest thing, unless if it's a really, really inexpensive house, I guess, and you just have cash to pay for it. But, you know, so the, these are things that I'm trying to keep in mind, but it feels kind of nauseating going, it feels like I'm going backwards, even though I I don't necessarily feel like, I don't know, it's... <sighs> It's hard. It, it's hard. That's all I have to say. I'm trying to see it as more life experience. So it's just like, how do I deal with the emotional aspect of it of feeling like I'm going backwards um, instead of forwards? It's always really bothered me. But um, you know, it's a learning experience. I I guess it's gonna it's gonna take me to where I need to go. And it's really not that I think that coaches are better than teachers. It just feels like you know like i was i was inching my way towards a leadership position and now i know i can still be a leader at my school and in my classroom but it just feels different i don't know it just it just feels weird to me so anyways um and then there are new social studies standards um that i mean i'm totally com- comfortable with but Like some of the teachers I might have to collaborate at my school with, they're really stuck on like just social studies as history. And I am more stuck on the truth. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to be in big trouble if any of them listen to this. But I mean, I see social studies as economics, financial literacy, citizenship, civics, geography. It's so much more than just history. So I'm a little bit worried about like when when, and if I do have to collaborate with other people, you know, getting them to see that there's like these new social studies standards and we're not just teaching history anymore. We're teaching so much more in social studies. And so I don't know. I mean, is it going to be a big deal? I don't know. But, you know, and I also have to kind of learn there's a whole, they took out economics completely and they replaced them with financial literacy. I've actually been working with a goal setter uh, app company, uh, which has been amazing. And I've been writing financial literacy questions and working on lessons for financial literacy. So it's it's actually a perfect fit for me to be going into this right now. But I mean, I I think I'm allowed to be sad and grieve for my cushy tech job. I think I'm okay to just say that it really sucks going from not grading any papers to having to grade papers again. And I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I don't know how I'm going to handle the stress yet. I don't know if I've matured enough that I'm going to be able to just be a rock star teacher. I I don't know what's going to happen this year. But I do know that I have this long-term goal of moving to a bigger city. And I'm just keeping that in mind. And I'm going to use that For dealing with the stress and the pressure and all the little things I'm going to have to do again. Um, I'm going to use this long-term goal to kind of soothe myself um, professionally. So, and I hope, I hope, I hope I don't sound like I'm being ungrateful or, you know, I got a lot of great things going for me and I hope I don't feel like I'm, I'm sounding snotty either. Like, oh, I was a tech coach. Now I'm going back, to being a teacher, blah, blah, blah. I mean, teachers are just the hardest job in the world. It's not that it's like a backwards transition. It's just a harder transition. You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard being a teacher. There's really nothing harder. (laughs) And I know I've actually said, well, it's actually a pretty good job compared to a lot. I mean, it it really is compared to a lot of jobs. It's a it's a great job, but it's it's one of the hardest jobs I think. And sorry, I'm just not that excited to to know the stresses I'm gonna face. But I'm just gonna take one day at a time. I'm gonna try to get some planning done right now, um, and get an idea of how I want to set up my weeks. I do have a four day week, and so I think that I'm I'm gonna use that to my advantage. And what I like to do is do a different thing. Like on Mondays, we do this. On Tuesdays, we do that. So we kind of mix up the week. um, So it's not like monotony every single day. And um, yeah, I hope that that works for me. Oh, boy. Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. And uh, keep keep me in your prayers. I hope I don't get eaten alive going back to the classroom. I just want it to be a smooth year as, as we all do. I'm just going to focus on my outside projects and hopefully everything goes great and I learn a lot of cool life lessons. And, but hopefully they aren't too hard of life lessons, right? <laughs> I am, I am nervous. I am worried, but. I guess we'll just see how it goes. I mean, all I can do is go into things with a positive attitude and see where it takes me. All right, frenzies. I hope you enjoyed listening to my, all of my problems. (laughs) I feel like you guys are becoming my counselor. So thank you. And until next time, take good care of yourselves. So long. You've just finished listening to healthy teacher, happy, (laughs) happy Jessica. What? Oh no, I don't know how to stop.